baby, that's the sound of a can cracking open, and you know what that means. It's uh, time for chatting about Chucky with your friends till the end, Eric and Jeremy. My name's Eric mm-hmm. Keppel. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. Hello, hello. Don't fuck with the Chuck. Hey, now. <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave it at don't fuck. <laughs> don't fuck, <laughs> and like, that's my rule. <laughs> it's bizarre messaging, but I guess we don't have a catchphrase yet. Yeah, well, you kind of have a good sign-off, which I like a lot. Right. I would say what it is, but I'm worried that people would think that the episode is over if I say it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and 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 don't. I I I, pr- I would protest you not to say it till the end of the show. But you know, up top we can do a little "Don't fuck with the Chuck." Uh, we can do any number of the quotes from uh, Child's Play Three. Yeah, any number of the quotes that I can't bring to memory right now for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just I watched yeah. this movie two times this week and I can't remember a single quote. You watched this film twice? I watched this film twice. So we talked wow. about, uh, we both now have our box sets. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, Child's Play 3 and 2 are the, are the two movies that there is not commentary on. Um, yes. So going forward, I will be watching, as I said, every movie twice. Uh, once with commentary, once without. But for this one, uh, the first time I watched it, to be honest with you... I was uh well I had I had gone out uh previously and I, I was a little <laughs> bit I was a little bit buzzed, Jeremy, and I uh I don't yeah, think I that, that I didn't watch it like I, I wasn't like f- attentive enough, I don't think. Um and I'm glad yeah. that I watched it a second time. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked uh well we'll get into it. We'll get we're gonna be yeah. talking about Child's Play Part three, but Jeremy, I know we like to do a bunch of uh very funny bullshit at the top of our episodes, but I have <laughs> I have so much stuff to get to. Uh, yeah. So we put out an episode two of this podcast, which, by the way, this is a podcast about the Chucky movies. Um, and each episode, we talk about a different installment. So we will be talking about Child's Play 3 today. Um, in the last episode, we put out our email to the fans, which is ChuckyRules420 at gmail.com. And uh, we want you all to send in your Chucky stories, uh, whether you want to send in a, a, a soundbite or uh, if you want to type out the story and we can read them on the air. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're totally... Totally down to do that, and uh, we actually today, this afternoon, we got our very first Chucky story. Oh, now that's that's great. It's great, isn't it? It's from a guy yeah, named I'm, Brian. I'm psyched to uh, I'm psyched to hear this. I I haven't uh, I haven't read this particular email yet. It's a good one. I I vetted it. I I made sure that someone wasn't pulling a fast one on us, and uh, sure, I As think this people- is. A, Chucky fans are want to do that, so I'm glad that you sh- you shepherded this one into our show, you know, politely. The Chuckheads are pranksters. They really are. <laughs> so, Brian writes, Hi, I'm Brian, and I have a Chucky story for you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a huge horror fan all my life, and when I was introduced to the Child's Play series, when I went to the theaters to see... Child's Play 2 at the age of four with my dad. It changed my life forever. Cool-ass dad, I gotta say. 
four years old, mm-hmm. taking the old kid to uh, Child's Play 2. Now, that's what I call a zaddy. <laughs> a big, bad uh, voodoo zaddy. So he says, fast forward 14 years. I am a junior in high school, and someone gifted me a Bride of Chucky doll as a birthday gift, and we started our friendship. From 2004 to 2013, I drove around with Chucky on my armrest in the middle of my car and got so many head turns and car horns blowing at me. While at stoplights, people would always give me crazy looks when they saw Chucky. While in college... He was my car alarm because folks would jump and run away when they saw him in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what what year this is. Oh, I guess not too long ago. I guess you said 2004 to 2013. So maybe it was like the the mid-aughts. But he said, uh, I would often have my inside car light dim very slowly when I hit the lock button on my remote. People would always be standing outside near the car so some nights I would look out my window and play with my alarm and all they would see <laughs> is my car light dimmed down with Chucky, the only one in the car. <laughs> I got to say, for the first story that we get uh, submitted to our email, this is, uh, I mean, this is, this is beautiful. This is, what we're, this is what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. This is prime Chucky real estate here. I, I'm glad, Brian, thank you so much for uh, writing in. Um, but the one question I had leaving the story was, what kind of car was it? Brian, we got to know the make and model of the car, okay? Um, yeah, I know- he's, got, he's got dimmers in inside the interior of his car. Now, that seems like a fancy car. You don't bring up dimmers inside of a vehicle without mentioning specifically what the vehicle is okay brian uh yeah now we're gonna give you a uh, we're, we're giving this story a, an easy five out of five uh but in oh, the future sure. if you do send in any stories and they involve cars give us the make and model yeah we gotta know we gotta know because it really does help flesh out the story no pun intended flesh <laughs> would be the pun there <laughs> i think i see what you did there yeah, uh, well, because Chucky, you know, he carves into flesh with rock-hard knives, and I thought that'd be a funny pun. Yeah, it was funny. I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, um, I heard uh, through the grapevine, and by the grapevine, I mean you, through text the other night, that you watched <laughs> the movie uh, Child's Play 1 again with, uh, what's it called, commentary. Oh, yeah. You bet I did, baby. You got to tell me all about this because I have not listened to any of the commentary on these movies yet. I'm very excited excited to, uh, but fill us in. Yeah. So, I mean, what prompted me to do this was now that I have the box set, I wanted to, you know, kind of look at the Blu-ray on my nice 4K TV and see how it, you know, how Child's Play 1 looked, but... I didn't want to just watch the movie again. I wanted to get something new out of it. So I turned on that commentary track and boy, oh boy. So basically the commentary is split between Alex Vincent, who nice does. He records an entire commentary and then it's, um, um, Oh God, like how embarrassing I was just about to make this huge, like proclamation about how we'll never be, 
unresearched again as as uh as was called out via twitter by some one of our <laughs> one of our fans <laughs> which prompted me to to uh to also listen to the commentary because i wanted to i wanted to yeah be a little bit more researched when we come in on and do these things i think we're we're pretty good but um oh yeah and the other commentary trick is with Catherine hicks and which her, one is she the mom She's Karen Barclay from the yeah, first okay. film. Yep. And her husband, um, who designed Chucky. Oh, Which is right. sort of a... Yeah. Because they... Yeah, that's something that I found in the trivia for that movie is they, I believe, met on set um, and then ended up getting married. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes, her uh, her spouse is a his name is Kevin Yeager, okay, and he is a special effects supervisor. So he kind of helped with the design of Chucky, and he helped a lot with the animatronics. Uh, he had worked on um, the third Nightmare on Elm Street film, which is kind of what got him the job. That and a recommendation from another special effects person is that in the dream, industry. Dream Warriors. Let's see. What is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Google? It's Dream Warriors. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, so basically, like, the, the commentary is split up between Alex Vincent, who's clearly recording on, like, a separate day in a separate studio, and then uh, Catherine and her husband. And I found that... it. So both of them are pretty good, but for different reasons. Like, Alex Vincent's commentary is actually pretty good but it's because he's kind of like telling the story of what it was like to be andy through a child's memory Mm. kind of a thing so he he has a lot of recollections about like what it was like to you know be on set and and how he like thought chucky was so cool like he 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 loved the doll chucky uh because they you know he's a kid they were kind of hiding a lot of the horrific elements of the film from him Hmm. And apparently that's a question he gets a lot, which is like, how, like, was he trauma? Were you traumatized from filming Child's Play? And he was like, no, it was a blast. Chucky was awesome. Uh, the whole thing was great. So how old was he in this commentary? Uh, this would be, he's an adult okay. at least. But I, I, I don't know when it was recorded. I, I don't know if it was for the first uh, DVD release of Child's Play or if it was for you know, the, the Blu-ray box set or, or what, but, um, but yeah, but then, uh, obviously Catherine Hicks and her husband, Kevin Yeager, their, their commentary was a lot more like technical and, Mm. um, that was actually really great and really informative. One of the coolest things, uh, that he mentioned was just how many people it took to operate Chucky and that they built like that that whole apartment that they had was shot in Hollywood the the exteriors were in Chicago the interiors were all in Hollywood which mm. makes sense and uh apparently they had built like in that apartment they had built another apartment like kind of on top of it so they could all crawl around underneath what was going on oh, okay interesting yeah so yeah and then in a few different shots they did that like forced perspective thing where they built like bigger furniture and stuff because at some point there is a little person inside uh chucky like playing chucky interesting 
I'll have yeah. I, I I have to watch that. It did it after watching um the first child's play again. Uh did your opinion of the movie change at all? Yeah. I guess it was just from their suggestions. Like Catherine Hicks talked about just how like Brad Dourif was such an integral part to making Child's Play, which I thought was so interesting that like once he got cast, he then like helped with the casting of the rest of the characters. And when they would rehearse, like Brad Dourif himself would assume the, the like mannerisms of Chucky in the Hmm. room. So like he would like jump around and be all creepy and, and, you know, really get into character as a human, like as, as himself. (laughs) Right. And Uh, when you say he would jump around, you don't mean that he would sing the house of pain song, jump around. No, that is what I mean. He would, (laughs) I call that jumping around. Yeah. When you sing the house of pain song, I say that's, yeah, I say quit jumping around is what I'm, what I'm trying to, uh, you know, stop that party from happening. But yeah, it was cool. Like she, she really, she looked back really fondly on Brad Dourif specifically, who apparently him and the guy who plays the cop. Fuck, I'm doing such a bad job with names. But, but Chris Sarandon, oh, they right. were both yeah. nominated. For, yeah, they were both nominated for Oscars around the same time, apparently, or maybe even in the same year. Uh, and this would have been before Child's Play. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I am uh I'm really looking forward to uh to these commentaries. As you said. Yeah. Main selling point of the box set for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Without a sh- with, without a doubt. So, as you mentioned uh earlier, we have if you're not following Chucky Rules 420 on Twitter, uh you're you're missing out. We there's a lot of action going on. Uh <laughs> we're getting our emails are flooded, our DMs are flooded. The notifications, I can't even keep up with them, Jeremy. I, I'm, I'm logging on, and there's upwards of three, sometimes four notifications. That's wild. It's I, unbelievable. I, w- I would say if, if, we need to get, if we need to hire a third person in this operation just so we could get sift through some of these emails, let me know, and I'll reach out. Okay. Uh, unpaid, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> we're not crazy. <laughs> no one gets paid until we get paid. Yeah. And and I would just go so far as to say no one gets paid. Yeah, this is a labor of love. Okay, we're uh, we're not in it for, <laughs> for the every. Money. <laughs> yeah, it's labor of love for everyone else, though, not for us. <laughs> <laughs> um. So as you mentioned, I was trying to find her name on here, but there was someone who who was sending us like just just some like badass pictures of her. She has two Chucky tattoos. I can't find her goddamn messages on here though. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, as you mentioned, we did get, we we did get a tweet from someone named Courtney who said, uh, "Chatting about Chucky's podcast stars don't know enough about Child's Play to have an entire podcast, and it's so frustrating." Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "All right." I we we had like a little bit of a back and forth, and she she was specifically talking about the moment. There was like a moment, and this was all on me because this is such a foolish question, but I basically asked um, uh, if Chucky bleeds. 
and oh uh, yeah i remember thinking you were a fool that day yeah i mean i definitely hung my head in shame after we were done recording (laughs) (laughs) especially after you watched child's play three that question you'll never ask again seriously i'm just like after she brought that up i was just picturing the scene where uh chucky gets his hand chopped off in in part two and it's just a true bloodbath um but no, she uh, uh, she was kind of she was kind of taking a, a friendly jab at it. She says we're we're funny, and she's looking forward to more episodes. So Courtney, if you're out there, thanks so much for interacting with us on the uh, worldwide internet. Uh, yeah, even if it is to even if it is to disparage us, only then to turn around and say we're really funny. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> you can rip us to shreds as long as you have a compliment <laughs> lined up for the end. <laughs> Yeah, I did. One thing I did want to say about that, though, is I uh, I hope that we don't come off as like two guys who think that they are experts about, uh, well, pretty much anything, uh, but especially Chucky. We are right. uh, we're two guys uh, who I I have a history with the Chucky movies, have not seen them in 10 years. You have seen uh, part one and that's it, right? Yeah, I had only seen part one up until now. Now I've seen up till part three, and I'm excited for the rest. Yes, yes. So we we are not experts. Uh, We do as much research as we can, but definitely uh, reach out if we miss something. Uh, We're we're happy to make corrections and things like that. Um, We also, uh, and I have to say, this guy... Uh, a lot has happened in the over the past week, and this guy has been uh, just very, very encouraging. His name is Dad Wears Glasses on Twitter. Mm. Mm. Um, I believe I have his, because he emailed us, I have his real name, but I don't know if he wants me to say it, so I'm not going to. Um, yeah. But he tweeted, uh, basically he's been tweeting at us a bunch because he, uh, because of the podcast, has been rewatching all the movies. And I think last night he said he was watching Bride of Chucky, so he's uh, he's a little ahead of us. Um, yeah, he's cooking through them. He really is. Yeah, honestly, it's hard for me to like contain myself and not keep watching. Uh, uh, same. <laughs> I'm having the same issue too. Where like, I, I after after I watched Child's Play three, I immediately was just like, oh, I kind of you know, I'm having a night. I'm having some beers. I'm excited. I want to keep going. I know, but. But I feel like it's more beneficial to kind of meditate on the one film per podcast episode. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you got to do what I do and get uh, drink a little bit too much and then try and watch one of the movies and understand it and then rewatch it the next morning because you forgot most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dad Wears Glasses uh, tweeted at us and he said that... Um, he was watching Child's Play uh, for the first time with his eight-year-old son, and he was uh, eight eight years old when he saw it for the first time. So, uh, a lot of like cool dads out there. We have Brian's dad is cool. Uh, dad wears glasses is a cool dad. Apparently, <laughs> I'm I'm basing yeah. like the coolness of fathers uh, based on whether or not they're willing to show their young children uh, rated R uh, horror movies. Yeah, rated R movies, especially rated R movies from the 90s, is primo cool dad material. That's primo cool dad bartering loot right there. It really if is. My, 
if my dad would have just let me watch species when i was a kid <laughs> jesus i he i wouldn't i wouldn't have uh divorced him like i did when i was 16 <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke we're, we're on good terms <laughs> you're still divorced though we're still divorced though yeah um, so he also tweeted at us, uh, he had heard our first episode and issued a correction. So the murder weapon, if you'll remember in the very first kill in child's play one, mm-hmm. um, Chucky gets hit, hit in that, or no, not Chucky, uh, Maggie, mm-hmm. uh, the friend and babysitter gets hit in the head with a hammer. Mm-hmm. So dad wears glasses wrote in to tell us that that hammer is actually the accessory that Andy's mom gave him for his birthday in the beginning of the movie. Oh. Right? That kind of blew my mind when I found that out. I, I, I couldn't believe that neither of us pieced that together. Yeah. You know, that's really, a, that's actually pretty interesting. I'm finding that the harder I study these films as I watch them, like even some of the ones that are, questionably uh rushed i i'm like there's still a great deal of like weird i don't know what you would call them callbacks to stuff they set up earlier in the film right. that if you're paying attention kind of pay off which i like i like it too i, lo- I love all that stuff it's um I think it's as we're we've watched three movies now and i think it's like already kind of a rewarding it's like a it's a franchise that kind of rewards the fans uh, in a way for for sticking with the films. Yeah, I think so. Um, so he also uh, Dad wears glasses asked if we were going to cover Charles. Um, did you know anything about this Charles fan film, Jeremy? No. Wait. What? So <laughs> I didn't wait, know. What? I didn't know what this is either. Uh, apparently there's like, uh, I think they, they did like a crowdfunding thing, but there's, um, this production company, these two guys who are based in Rhode Island, uh, and they have this, they go by Tony biz B I Z Z and they are making basically a feature length Chucky movie, um, totally independent. Uh, I think it's like a like a nonprofit thing. They're just huge fans, and basically, uh, on their Kickstarter, they said that uh, Charles, which is the name of the film, Charles, will be the scariest Chucky you ever seen. Uh, so yeah, so it's a it's a it's a feature length movie that um, these Chucky fans are making in in rhode island and i gotta say i watched there's like two trailers out right now and they they also have some like pictures from set and stuff like that and uh it looks pretty good like it like the quality looks pretty great um and they have they have like a chucky doll uh that looks a lot like chucky so i don't know and they're uh they're not they're not done with it yet or they do you know what I mean? Like, are they, is it out? It's not, it is not out. Um, they are, I think they're in like production right now or maybe like late stages of pre-production or something. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I couldn't find like too much information about it. Um, but I do want to know more because I think this is like such a fun and interesting, uh, thing to do. 
Um, so I yeah. will say that I, I reached out to them. Um, I shot them an email to see if they wanted to do an interview. Uh, I have not heard back yet. Uh, if anyone, mm-hmm. if anyone out there knows people involved, um, we'd love to speak to them. Uh, cause yeah, I haven't, I can't even think of like, uh, another fan film like this. H- have you heard of anything like this before? No, I mean, you hear, I mean, fan films sort of creep up all the time. None of them are given, from what I can tell, very much credence, like, are very popular at all. I I think there's probably, like, a thriving, you know, like, underground community of people who make fan films and such, but I've never really gotten too deep into any one in particular. This one, though, I actually might, I might give it a shot. It looks, it looks good. It looks like they give a shit and how how <laughs> i mean i don't want to i don't want to cast a weird cl- a dark cloud over the chucky remake or child's play remake but how much do you kind of want to bet these guys will end up making a better film than that <laughs> new one <laughs> i mean it's possible they're they're clearly big fans and uh just the fact that they're kind of like advertising it as the scariest chucky film that you'll see is uh is uh impressive i don't know i i'm definitely gonna yeah. watch this whenever I'm, I'm keeping my ear to the ground for uh any more charles updates um mm-hmm. if anyone has any inside information uh let us know i don't know um, yeah, yeah, I would love to do an interview with these guys. I bet they love. I bet they love Child's Play. These guys would be so fun to talk Chucky with. Yeah, for sure. So uh, one more thing, and I gotta say, Dad wears glasses. Fan of the week. He sent us fan over. We, I we stupidly made the promise on episode two that. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a novelization of uh, Child's Play two out there. Uh, and it's like 400 pages. It's it's like a, a legitimate novel written by this guy, uh, Matthew J. Costello. And uh, we put out basically the challenge because it was $75 on Amazon. We were like, if, if we can get a copy of this book, uh, either through someone buying it for us or sending us a copy or whatever... Uh, we will read it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a promise I intend to keep, Eric. I'll, I'm keeping it too. <laughs> I'm just uh, going to be more careful with my promises in the future because <laughs> dad wears glasses. I open up the Chucky uh, Rules 420 at Gmail email account and mm-hmm. this guy sent, sends us over a, a, not a PDF. It's like, a, it's like, a, like an ebook file of Child's Play 2. I don't know where the hell he got it because I like looked for it on. Uh, I looked for it everywhere. I I, I yeah. like scoured the internet for this thing. Um, so thank you so much to Dad Words Glasses for this. Yeah. So I guess we are going to be uh, reading reading the Child's Play two novel on the air. Yeah, and uh, I not to spoil too much about today's episode, but yeah. Dad Words Glasses, if you are out there listening right now. There also happens to be a novel written about Child's Play three. Too. Same author, same author, same Matthew author. J. Costello. So if you can, if you if you can dig up yet another Child's Play novel <laughs> for us, my promise to you, Dad wears glasses, is we will read that also live on air. True, we we will do that. 
Um, <laughs> we're not putting a time limit on it, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say when we're going to do it, but we will do it. Uh, and this brings brings us to, uh, I guess, our our announcement. And this is like uh, in the in the very early stages. We're we're still kind of finalizing things, but we will be doing a uh, a Patreon. Is that correct, Jeremy? That is correct. Uh, Patreon.com slash chatting about Chucky is ours. Nice. And and we are um, we are in the process of populating it with some stuff. By the time this episode goes live, we should actually have a full the Patreon full page should be there all ready to go and all that good stuff. Uh, we were working on additional content with like tier support in case you you know, for people who want to donate a little bit versus a lot of bit. Uh, we would love your help. Obviously, you know we're we're just we're just two broke guys trying too, to do our best. <laughs> <laughs> we're two broke guys. Uh, so so I think the idea is um, that we 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 really enjoy doing this, and we will be offering uh, bonus content uh, in the form of like bonus episodes that are going to be a bit different than your traditional chat and, uh, about Chucky episodes. Um, and then in the future, uh, once we run out of, uh, Chucky content, um, we have some big, some big plans for, uh, for what we're going to do next. Uh, so I'm really, I'm very excited. And, uh, basically this is a thing that, uh, Jeremy and I really like doing, uh, at this point we're both sinking money into it. Uh, oh yeah, which is fine, but uh, it would be great if we could at least do this uh, for free. So it won't be, um, you know, we won't be asking you for too, for too much of a donation or anything. And we'll certainly always have free episodes, but that's just something to uh, to uh, be on the lookout for. We'll be announcing it uh, more more details probably next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting stuff, Eric. Exciting stuff. It, the future looks bright. It also looks dark. Oh, Chucky God. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky Dark sounds like a like Baskin Robbins flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chucky Dark sounds like a, a Cinemax uh, after hours uh, softcore porno. Oh, baby. So the year is 1991. Jeremy. What the hell were you up to in in 91? I got to imagine no good. (laughs) I was traipsing around my trailer park in East Los Angeles, probably ruling the roost, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because I'd still be in L.A. at this time. It wouldn't be until 1998 that I moved to Dallas, Texas. But in 1991, I was probably doing the same stuff in 1990. I mean, this film only takes place a year later. Yes, and it was released a year later. Well, nine nine months later, to be exact. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. It doesn't take place a year later. It is. I, I meant it is released a year later. Correct. It take yep. it takes place quite a bit in the future from 1991. Yeah, like 96, I think. 96. Yes. Yes. It is 96. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it's it's weird because I. Yeah, ninety one to ninety from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety one. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the differences between those two years. I don't think a lot had changed at that point. Yeah, once we get into Bride of Chucky, which is next episode in ninety eight, I think we will both have a little bit more of an idea of what we were doing uh, physically. 
Um, oh, for sure. Because at yes. this point, we were both. Uh, I, I in '91, I was when this came out. I think I was two. Um, right. So no fucking idea what what uh, was going on. Uh, probably you were probably shitting your britches. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, <laughs> you got to do it while you can. You know. Yeah. God, I wish I could just shit my pants again. <laughs> You got to do it while you can and then don't do it for a while and then do it when you can again. <laughs> What's the oldest? What is the last time uh, that you shit your pants? Hmm. Is this a riddle? Probably when you die. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You you personally. Oh. Oh, you mean oh, you want me to tell you the last time I shit my pants? Yeah. Eric, my brother. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was it during it was our probably, last episode? It wasn't during our last episode. I mean, a legitimate story. I think it was, I was very hungover. It was in the drive through of a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I shit my pants waiting to get my order. And I, I remember, like, just like it was yesterday, I drove home and threw my Taco Bell in the trash. <laughs> I didn't even eat it because I was so disgusted with myself. Jesus. <laughs> my my the last time that i can recollect shitting my pants is my my family and i um and this wasn't like a full-on uh shitting my pants uh like just completely just like at, like all over the place type of situation <laughs> but it was technically shitting my pants i <laughs> my my family my parents and i had flown to uh to south africa because my sister was studying out there and we went to visit and uh, the thing about international travel is it does uh, interesting things to the human stomach. Uh, <laughs> so we were there for two weeks. And the first week that I was there, uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't poop. And uh, I became like increasingly very concerned. Um, and after a certain point, I was eating like dried fruit and like just like hammering down the fiber and like doing whatever I could. And uh, basically, at a certain point, uh, we went to a pharmacy and I bought some like South African laxative. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I take it and uh, it didn't work. And then the next day, we go to this uh, this restaurant, which is in in uh, a, a township in South Africa, and it's just this amazing restaurant where you um, basically you like pick out these like pieces of meat, these like hunks of meat, uh, and you uh, and they grill them up for you, and you just like eat it with your hands, and it's it's really really good barbecue, um, but it was kind of like a hole in the wall place, and. As soon as we sit down to eat, I just felt one week's worth of shit uh, <laughs> demanding to exit my body. Uh, and I run to the bathroom, uh, and there is not only not a door on the bathroom, there is not a seat on the toilet, and there is no toilet paper. So I had to wait for another hour uh, until we got back to the hotel. And, and during that hour, I... I, I Something came out, and uh, <laughs> and then I think I spent maybe two hours just like on my phone, just like shitting, <laughs> like, like 
like a madman. Uh, <laughs> like a goddamn maniac. And yeah. I would argue, Eric, that if you didn't like that story, you don't really like Child's Play content at all. No. No, this is not highbrow stuff, okay? We're not uh we're not the freaking This isn't the Harvard Lampoon podcast, okay? <laughs> this is uh two guys who uh not too long ago shit their pants. Yeah, very re- shockingly recently shit their <laughs> pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh so 1991, uh <laughs> Bush senior is still president. Uh we've Thank talked God. about that. Yes, we've done <laughs> we've <laughs> you did the same joke. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. The Cambodia Civil War has ended. Uh, Boris Yeltsin wins the first free elections for Russia's first popularly elected president. That's kind of cool. Uh, that is cool. I think. I don't know anything about Boris Yeltsin, but uh, it's cool that they had popularly elected presidents, finally. Um, yeah. A gallon of gas cost $1.12. Hmm. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this who I grew up with in Green Bay, and we remembered, uh, we were both reminiscing about the time that gas, we were we were driving by a gas station the day that gas got up to four twenty a gallon. And Whoa. we both like thought it was funny because we were like dumb teenagers, but at the same time, we were both like slightly terrified of what was becoming of the world. Wait, how old were you when gas got up to four twenty-five a gallon? I think I was nineteen. I think this was about ten years ago, ten to twelve years ago, maybe. Because that, yeah, that's extremely high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It was up like in that's uh, that's Wisconsin. high for today. I mean, that's like I, I, if I see a place that. In, in in the middle of LA that's charging that much for gas, I go somewhere else because that's yeah. still too high. Yeah, no, I think there was a time in the mid aughts where it was just just brutal. It, yeah, it was probably yeah, it was probably during the housing crisis and the war in Iraq and all that good good stuff. Yeah, good times. I do I do remember there being yeah like a gas scare, people like filling up like their like gas gas uh, cans. Exactly. With, with it. Uh, just like getting it like it was water during a hurricane or something. Yeah. Just dump, inserting the nozzle into their mouths. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into their children's mouths, cr- yeah. creating little gas chambers out of them. Yeah, they were, people don't know this, but that's the gas fight in Zoolander is actu- was actually, uh, it was a very accurate prediction of what was to come in 2007 mm-hmm. or whenever that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested on July 22nd, uh, 1991, after the remains of 11 men and boys were found in his Milwaukee apartment. Jeez. Yeah. Have you watched any of this Dahmer stuff on, on Netflix? Um, no. My girlfriend is very into true crime, and we often will kind of you know, rap about various serial killers. I, I know very, I know a little bit about Dahmer, Gacy and Bundy are my three that I kind of know a little bit about. Uh, she, my girlfriend talks very highly of Dahmer. She says <laughs> like, like uh, as far as serial killer go, serial killers goes, she's the, he's the one that she feels the most bad for, like oh. the most sorry for. Why? And uh, apparently he, 
was it was just a situation the way she describes it of like the system really failing somebody and that he showed the most remorse than uh, than any other serial killer after it was over and his fate was pretty awful and apparently yeah apparently he was just a broken dude i mean he did murder uh serially murder 11 people but yeah apparently like as far as serial killers go he was the most his story is the most sympathetic if you hear his his like actual like confession it's it's pretty brutal where he's just so bummed out and and confused and upset with himself and doesn't understand what's going on okay i can't remember if it was Dahmer or gacy um who there was one day um i had this like shitty job like years ago that i i i was like about to leave and i i I just like didn't care and didn't do anything. So I, I would just spent the whole time on, on Reddit and I was reading about, I think it might've been Dahmer. And I just, I read Jeffrey Dahmer's Wikipedia page and it, <laughs> it reads, it reads like a thriller. Like it reads yeah. like a thrilling, crazy novel. Um, yeah. just because like the, just the amount of shit that he was able to get away with is just mind blowing. But I, I mean, that one story about the kid running away from his house and then the cops finding the kid and bringing him right back to Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah. Yep. Is insane. Yeah. My, I yeah. mean, my, my whole thing is like, I, I can get sucked into a, into a true crime. Uh, it, it's been a while for me. I think the last one I watched was the staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's some, I feel kind of gross about it sometimes there is something weird because uh, about when i'm watching some i feel like when anyone is watching anything they're trying to be entertained in some way or another and it's sure kind of bizarre that uh it's bizarre that like netflix is like churning out all this Dahmer content because it's clearly like doing good for them right uh, there, there's something a little icky about it for me but i don't know yeah well i mean it's it's true crime is just really hot right now it's having a moment and there's probably a deep-rooted psychological reason why probably has something to do with the 2016 election probably has something to do with that but uh yeah i guess true crime uh really it 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 has like a very broad appeal to it and i'm i'm not particularly into true crime as but I, I get why people are. And there's some great... Con- I mean, like, My Favorite Murder and Last Podcast on the Left are both two great podcasts, resources, mm-hmm. uh, very uh, very funny podcasts, too, that you, where that they, see, they seem to, like, handle the subject of true crime in an entertaining way that... I don't know. I feel less gross leaving those shows. But still, though, man, if you, if you get too much of that true crime going in you... I don't know how you sleep at night because it, it really, it is like really one true crime documentary and I do have a hard time sleeping. I'm like, man, you know, we are just not safe. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the, the fact that it's a real thing is, uh, unsettling. Uh, there was, it, it's kind of like how around the time of, um, like the Iraq war and stuff was, uh, when that was going on, we, we were all obsessed with like, 
what would you even classify this as like torture porn? Like the Hills Have Eyes oh, yeah. and oh, Hostel yeah. and oh, stuff like that. It's it's yeah. That's when Eli Roth came to prominence to power. <laughs> <laughs> if you could say that Eli Roth ever ever came to power, right. it was during that there during that time. I well, think. Um, have you actually watched the Ted Bundy Netflix film starring Zac Efron? Nah, I don't know if I want to. I liked it. I will say it's it's done very well. It's um uh this I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but it's shockingly not it's shockingly tame. Okay. It's uh it's not a it's not a slasher film. It's more of a again, I'm going to use this word psychological drama about more of like how like a sociopath manipulates women is kind of and not just women but like people. It it's sort of just chronicles how Bundy kind of captured the hearts of Americans during his time. And it's because he was just very charming and a really good liar. Huh. Is the bit is the basic that's the basic premise of it. Uh I would say I would recommend it actually. It's it's pretty interesting. But if you're going in expecting a lot of kills Gonna have to look elsewhere, my friend. Probably Child's Play 3. <laughs> hey, man, there's only one killer that I care about watching, and it is a doll, <laughs> an anthropomorphic doll. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of films, uh, in 1991, some of the top films, we have Terminator 2, uh, oh, Robin Daddy. Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, mm-hmm. The Silence of the Lambs, Hook, The Addams Family, and Beethoven. Be- Why did I think Beethoven? <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> now that's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's going on the t-shirt. It's just going to be spelled Beethoven, though. So people are going to be like, <laughs> yeah. Why do you have a Beethoven It's going to be spelled shirt? Be- Beethoven, but it's just going to be us laughing on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, so of those films, what is your favorite? Of those films, I would have to say Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I do. You're, I I really you're a, like. You're a horror fan. You I'm like a horror. horror fan. Yeah. The Adams Family too. Uh, I I remember watching that movie a lot when I was a kid. What about you? I was gonna go with T two, man. Terminator two. Yeah, you were talking about. You were com- making some comparisons to Terminator in uh, your assessment of Child's Play two. I remember. That's yeah. Of just like kind of how the the franchise moves oh through time i I, it kind of felt like a terminator in a way um and actually i'll make a i'll make a further point later on in the episode about how i think it does continue to do that with child's play 3 but yeah terminator 2 is very good it's one of those films that i I think i've only seen that movie one time but I, i gotta go back you gotta go back I, I remember the uh there was a ride at universal studios or not a ride but um uh, it was like a th- it was like a 4D like movie experience where you go and you watch it, um, and yeah. it's 3D. You're wearing the 3D glasses, but they like they like mist water at you. And there's a point where there's like rats crawling around, and you feel like rat tails slap in the back of your ankles and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So some of the popular TV shows of '91 we have uh, Roseanne. Murphy Brown, Cheers, Home Improvement, Full House, and Coach. So the year of the sitcoms, apparently. I think Twin yeah. Peaks. Twin Peaks must still be still be going. Um, yeah. Did you say Seinfeld? 
No, I did not say Seinfeld. I don't know if Seinfeld was on the air yet. I think it was. It probably. I think it started in... Oh, yeah, 89. First episode, 89. Yeah, because... uh, And then Simpsons would have been on, too. Yes. Um, Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Everyone Loves Raymond is not on yet, right? That that one started later. No, I don't. Yeah, I think that that's later. Yeah, that that is true. The '90s are it's it, it is sitcom city population. The '90s. I dig it. I like. I never watched Coach or Roseanne really, <laughs> but Cheers, Home Improvement, and Full House. I mean, those are three of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Home Improvement. <laughs> I, home Improvement. Uh, t- I will. I, I'm not a Tim Allen apologist. I think he's a piece of shit, but uh, undeniably funny. I've I've watched some Home Improvement recently and had some legitimate laughs. Although, oh yeah, there's some like nostalgia, you know, factored in there. But for sure, man, I I, I watched Home Improvement a lot. It was one of my go tos. I don't know. I don't know what it is about certain sitcoms that appeals to kids, even though it's not like a kid's show necessarily. I mean, I guess Home Improvement's Improvement's a family show and Roseanne is a family show, but like you couldn't pay me to sit down and watch Coach. (laughs) No, me neither. Or um, uh, Titus. Do you remember Titus? Oh, fuck (laughs) that. Yeah, no, you... Yeah, no way. Uh, Yeah, you couldn't pay me to watch Seinfeld either as a kid. That just did not appeal to me. It took me a long time to get into Seinfeld. I don't know if I ever even fully got into Seinfeld, to be honest with you. Yeah, a lot of my friends have been going back and watching it like now. Uh, I guess it's all on Hulu. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I'll maybe I'll take that trek with them someday. I'm not going to. I'm good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get enough people like quoting it to me and like asking me if I remember certain scenes. Uh, puffy shirt, Eric. It's all about that puffy shirt. <laughs> um. Fuck, I'm trying to think of one Seinfeld reference and I can't do it. <laughs> Close Kramer. <talker. laughs> yeah. Um, Kramer. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I, I did want, at one point uh, when I was actively trying to write for TV, I, I wrote sort of as a joke, but also sort of as practice. I wrote an episode of Home Improvement. Um, I'll maybe I'll retweet this on the uh, or post it on the on the show Twitter account. But I basically wrote an episode of Home Improvement where Tim kills someone, uh, <laughs> and he enlists uh, one uh, Randy to like help him dispose of the body. Um, but then the B story is Brad and uh, the other kid become juggalos to like impress some girls. Uh, at school <laughs> it's, it's real weird that is i can i would actually eric would love to read that <laughs> all right i'll po- i'll post it on the twitter and uh yeah yeah and as a patreon exclusive if you donate a thousand dollars a month or more you can get eric's uh home improvement spec i'll write an entire season of the show for for one thousand dollars <laughs> that's how that's how i'm doing right now both financially and creatively <laughs> Um, so yeah, so on that note, uh, I think we are, we're about ready unless you have any other thoughts on the year 1991, Jeremy. No way, sir. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's first take a very quick break and, uh, we'll be right back. 
my man. <laughs> What's up, dude? I just I just listened to what we have recorded so far just to make sure that it's it's sounding okay. And uh, the first the thing that I put the cursor on was the point where I asked you when the last time you shit your pants is. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a real good episode. Yeah, I can I can I have a lot of faith moving forward that this episode's <laughs> gonna fucking rock. Hell yeah. You know why it's gonna rock? Why is that? Because we're already rocking, baby. I hit record. We're rolling. Oh, uh, hey, Eric, I'm going to give us a clap just just for editing purposes. Give us a clap, but I'm not right. editing it out. Okay, good. And... Wait, let's try and clap at the same time. You ready? All right, yeah. Three, two, one. That's pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty close. Considering we are, uh, you know, one thousand miles apart, at least Impressive. a thousand. Ho- and and if I had it my way, it'd be more. Yeah, two thousand is a good safe distance from Jeremy. Is is what I've learned. <laughs> it's it, two thousand miles is how far I have to be away from any public school. <laughs> yeah, the song the song I would walk five hundred miles, or is it five thousand miles? Uh, 5,000. The song I Would Walk 5,000 Miles is about that guy wanting <laughs> no, to get away from Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely 500. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said 5,000 with such confidence. I mean, either way, it's a preposterous amount. It's a it's a crazy length to be walking. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, and especially all at one time. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, especially if you're just trying to be the man who would walk 500 miles, uh, it's a bizarre thing to do to prove a point. Uh, anyway, this is a Chucky podcast. It's called Chatting About Chucky, and yeah, we, it's not called Chatting About the Proclaimers. <laughs> this is, we have to do some version of that joke in every episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, proclaiming about the Proclaimers proclaiming about the proclaimers <laughs> that now that's an ep- that that's that's got to be an april fool's day yeah <laughs> uh yeah i i do an episode that that's something that you can look forward to in the uh in the patreon uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no i think we yeah. should actually offer some some good ideas for the patreon Sure, sure, sure. I also think it'd be funny as a recurring bit to offer terrible stuff to the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. That's. I think that's a very good and funny idea, uh, depending on whether or not people pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, uh, just one second. Can you... There's like a strange noise happening on my end. Can you hear it? No. Okay, listen closely. That's right, baby. It's another brewski. I'm uh, I'm throwing him back, Jeremy. This is my this is the beginning of a four day weekend for me. I have the day off tomorrow. Oh hell yeah, dude! Labor Day I, I have, or Memorial I, uh, Day? I would be cracking them with you, but you know we have a we have a a tight parking situation at my apartment right now, and my girlfriend. Well, dang it, she's got the only parking spot available. So you know Shit. what that means? I'm landlocked, my dude. I can't go out and get those brews, dude. I'm, I feel bad for you. I feel bad yeah. for you. But uh, I thought about I thought about ripping on some sweet Chiba before <laughs> the pod. But then I thought, nah. You know, I watched it sober. I got to pod it sober. <laughs> we should do, uh, yeah. We should do one of those episodes. We should do a CBD <laughs> episode where we're just like 
We take like way past the recommended dose of CBD. <laughs> We're just drowning in CBD <laughs> <Yeah>. oil. <laughs> We're just like too relaxed. <laughs> Our aches and pains are like it's we're like we have like so few aches and pains that we like can't even speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're so relaxed we just quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Child's Play 3, uh we just watched it. Uh it is of course uh the follow-up to Child's Play 2 and it went into production immediately after Child's Play 2's success. So we remember that Child's Play 2 was uh, like the first one, a pretty big uh, success at the box office. Um, Child's Play 3 is the first Child's Play movie not to come out in November. It came out on Labor Day weekend in 91. So this is a mere nine months since uh, Child's Play 2. It's funny. It's like they're, uh, what is that called? Irish twins? Irish twins is when they're nine months apart. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess these would be uh, Irish uh, Irish twins. Evil Irish twins. Yeah, evil Irish Chucky twins would be... Uh, and honestly, not to spoil too much, but if there if you if if there if you're if you're one to believe that there is such thing as a good twin and a bad twin, I would say Chucky Child's Play Two, good twin. Child's Play Three, naughty twin. Definitely, definitely naughtier. Uh, we're up in the naughtiness. I'm loving it. Uh, so the so the premise of the of the third movie is Chucky returns for revenge against Andy Barclay, uh, who is now a teenager living in a military academy. So. The tagline for this movie is Look Who's Stalking. (laughs) And it was directed by Jack Bender, uh, who has mainly directed TV. He's done some episodes of Game of Thrones, Under the Dome, Lost, Sopranos. uh, You know, nothing good, of course. Um, I would... uh, Oh, you're joking. Yeah, that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really uh, seen any of those shows though, except the Sopranos is great, but I I've like heard that all those shows are good. A couple of, uh, a couple of things that I want to mention about what you just said. Um, and I will try to keep this brief because our last episode was quite long. Yeah. We'll try We'll try to keep it under, we'll keep uh, it under four two. hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so look who's talking the, the film that Child's Play 3 is ripping on in the tagline that had come out in 1989. So that they definitely are playing on the, on the title of the, the film, Look Who's Talking, by, with yeah. Look Who's Stalking, which actually, to me, doesn't quite work with Chucky because, <laughs> like, Chucky's a doll, not a baby, dude. Yeah, that's true. But, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and the second thing I wanted to mention was uh, I got a shout out to my boy Jack Bender. Now you said, as I, I, it was a joke that he didn't make anything good, but you know his resume is quite diverse. Like he he he's made like episodes of Lost and Sopranos, but he's also made like some pretty lowbrow TV also. Mm-hmm. But Jack Bender, I was looking through his IMDb, and he made one of my all time favorite. Uh, TV films ever made, which was called The Dreamer of Oz, hmm. starring John Ritter as Al Frank Baum, the author of Wizard of Oz. Oh. And it is sort of like one of those films where 
these are kind of popular films. They made one for the guy who like uh, like finding finding Neverland was a similar type premise and uh, where they just take an author and they're like, but like, how did he come up with these wacky ideas? And they just kind of go through his life and then they will show you like visual representations of what he might have thought. So for example, hmm. like he, he meets like a, a really bloated like town bully and who ends up being like really, really afraid. Uh, and so like, Al Frank Baum imagines him as the cowardly lion and like oh. it's represented visually on screen. It's, it's a very good movie from what I can remember seeing it as a tiny, tiny child. I do not know if the movie holds up or if it's any good at all today, but I would love to get a copy of this film to, to take a look at it. Yeah. That sounds interesting to me. Um, the uh yeah i i was of course joking about jack bender he's clearly done some very <laughs> good uh work on on television uh programs uh so child's play three is written by uh don mancini of course uh our um he's he's the chucky god basically he created yeah. chucky from the demented mind of don mancini uh so, under pressure from Universal, Mancini was asked to begin writing the third film uh, even before the second film was released. So, uh, like I said, this movie was released only nine months after Child's Play 2. Uh, and because he was so rushed and he felt like he was out of ideas so soon, uh, Mancini calls this his least favorite uh, installment in the franchise. Um, yeah, and I and I would have to agree with Mancini. <laughs> so far, for me, it is my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I I liked it. Um, well, <laughs> but it, it's we'll it's it. complicated. I feel like we both maybe have complicated feelings about this one. But uh, the music was done by John DeAndrea and Corey Lirios. R L E R I O S. Uh, who composed? Who were composers for Baywatch, uh, and they also did the Dirty Dancing soundtrack and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but I, uh, I wanted to throw them in there because I uh, thought they did a good job. I like the score. You in did this. like it? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I thought the I thought the the score in this film, just like everything, felt rush like a wild swing. Yeah, a very wild rushed swing. Uh, that tended to utilize people who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like the composers of Baywatch and Dirty Dancing. I mean, on paper, it doesn't sound like they're going to make a great child's play score. And I didn't particularly notice this score as being anything, anything to write home to Papa about. Yeah, it wasn't phenomenal, but it was, uh, you know, I will say um, I I didn't know like how soon after I didn't know how rushed this production was until after uh, the first time I watched it. Um, oh yeah, and after after I had heard that they pretty much did this whole thing in like nine months, uh, it made sense to me. And mm-hmm. uh, going into the movie, watching it a second time, knowing how rushed it was. And how just much of a like weird clusterfuck it was. Uh, it, it made me that made me actually appreciate the movie a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so the the cast we have of course Brad Dourif as Chucky, 
We have Justin Whalen as Andy Barclay. Uh, so this is the <laughs> yeah. only film in the series where Andy is played by a different actor other than Alex Vincent. Uh, although right. Alex Vincent is credited because he appears uh, via photos as a young Andy. Yeah, and, and and I guess we should say probably why Justin Whalen is cast as Andy Barclay. It's not because they didn't want Alex Vincent. It's because they needed an older kid actor to play Andy because this film takes place a number of years after the events of the first film. 1996, so this would be six years later. Which is only five years later than the film actually comes out right it's very confusing and it, it, it's making me think like how many film franchises have kind of pulled this one friday this, the this 13th does it real hard they like really? if you if you follow i i don't remember the specifics but if you follow the timeline of friday the 13th and like go with what they're saying about like oh it's been like 10 years since camp crystal lake uh you know whatever um yeah it, it you wind up in the year like 2040 or something like it's just, <laughs> just like it doesn't make yes. any sense at all uh Perfect. so yeah i love it when horror movies uh I, I i kind of i was kind of charmed by that i like when Me movies do this cuz also it I, was like they're they're clearly planning on making more and they're like totally fine with just jumping 5 or 6 years ahead yeah, I, I, and I also, you know, this film inter- it, for me has so much weird, specific to me nostalgia in it. Like, again, that Dreamer of Oz reference with Jack Bender is pretty huge, but mm-hmm. also Justin Whalen being um, the actor in the movie Susie Q. I've never seen that. It is like a Disney Channel original movie <laughs> starring uh, the the actress who played. Uh, Amy Jo Johnson, the actress, uh, the actress who played Becky on Power Rangers, the Pink Ranger, uh, she plays like, like a dead. She's like she was like on her way to prom, and she got hit by a car, and she's a ghost, and she helps, and Justin Whalen has to help her figure out like how I don't know they have to f- solve some sort of mystery. That sounds together. familiar to me, but uh. it's yeah I I. I loved this film <laughs> like <laughs> like growing up. It was it was it was such a it was such a big deal for me. Uh also Serial Mom he's in. Yeah. So we have and I uh, have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know what Serial Mom is. Um yeah. so well, it's a John Waters film, which okay. is pretty cool. Yeah. Serial uh like crunch crunch or serial like stab stab. Stab stab. Okay. <laughs> Uh, cool. So Perry Reeves plays Kristen De Silva, uh, who I guess she's in Entourage and Old School. Uh, Jeremy Silvers plays Ronald Tyler. Um, he was basically just in this and one episode of Saved by the Bell. Uh, <laughs> Dean Jacobson as Whitehurst, who uh, he was in something called Lobster Man from Mars. Uh, and then Travis Fine as Cadet Lieutenant Colonel Brett C. Shelton, um, who was in something called The Young Riders. I don't know what that is, but it's a TV show, apparently. Um, do you think? Do you think Cadet Lieutenant Colonel Brett C. Shelton <laughs> was was his character name on the on the page? 
Like anytime <laughs> his character said anything, it, it, it was like that full title. <laughs> oh, man. So some random trivia. This I find to be insane. So uh, the film was outlawed in the UK. It was banned until all the way until 2002. Do you know about this? Yeah, I, I read about this. Yeah, so basically Child's Play 3 was the center of a, a tabloid panic uh, on its British release. People claim that the film had influenced two young boys uh, who I believe were 11 years old in their murder of a two-year-old boy named James Bulger, uh, although it was later determined that neither had actually seen the film. So... Yeah, big fucking surprise. <laughs> big fucking surprise. And uh, the the killers uh, were said to have intimidated a scene in which one of Chucky's victims is splashed with blue paint. Um, hmm. I'm trying to remember like what moment that was. I mean, well, there's that whole paintball sequence yeah. towards the end, but I don't mean I, I don't remember a specific. Yeah, and, and like you know. <sighs> Yeah, that that's a really sad story, and it seems like typical. Like, I mean, we don't, we definitely want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but like the whole like you know save the children panic of like the the nineties. Anytime anything bad happens, it's like blame television, blame video games, and I just yep. you know it, it is such a weird, it's such a weird thing to do because like, yeah, again, like these kids apparently hadn't even seen the film. And, and and like you know what I mean? And it's like it's like also like is child's play three the most important thing that we should be focusing on right now? I don't know, probably not. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is I mean, this is something that's just a constant in every generation is like some form of violent media gets blamed for yeah. actual violent acts. Uh, and you're right. This is a wormhole that we don't need to go down. Uh, but I think <laughs> no, it's no. But very... I do. I. <laughs> but I will say, Doom, the game, and Mortal Kombat did cause Columbine. <laughs> at me. Anyone can at me. <laughs> He's at Ocarina of of Crime. <laughs> and I have nothing yes. to do with this. <laughs> yes. Don't at Eric. He does not contend this, but I do. Yeah. Um, so the, this was the first film in the series to use computers to aid in Chucky's puppetry, uh, specifically for lip syncing. Um, we see Chucky's mouth move a lot in this one. Uh, the yes. box office disappointment of this movie, which it was, it only made twenty point five million on a thirteen million dollar budget. Yeah, uh, that led to there not being another Chucky movie for seven years. Um, Brad Dourif did not was not pumped about it either. Uh, he, did, he didn't like the <laughs> film sure. that much either. Uh, yeah. It was the first film in the series where Chucky uses a gun as a weapon. Um, <laughs> we we touched on Jeremy mentioned this earlier, uh, but there is a tie-in novel for for Child's Play three as well. It's ninety three dollars on Amazon, so it's oh my god, that's so expensive. even more of a rarity than uh, the the second one. Um, and the last little fun fact, and I didn't notice this, uh, but apparently Chucky, at, at least up to this point, always loses his right hand before he dies. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I read that too. I, I didn't notice it in the other two movies, but I mean, in, in all three movies, one could say Chucky loses all of his limbs. <laughs> he, he does, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So in the first one, Andy's mom shoots it off, like after he's all burnt up and shit. Um, in the second one, Chucky tears it off to escape from that like cage or whatever. And then in 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 this one, uh, Andy cuts it off with a knife. I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna keep looking out for that uh, in the uh, in the in the future ones because I can't remember if if that's like a thing that keeps that keeps happening. It's kind of interesting. I don't know why they would do that, but it's cool. Yeah. Um, Marvel does that too, actually. Every single one of those Marvel movies has some... At some point, someone's arm gets cut off. It's supposed to be a... Uh, like a nod to Luke Skywalker. Huh. I don't think that's what they're doing here, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> that'd be funny if it was just like a Star Wars reference, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's a Star Wars. Yeah. All right, baby. So we're. Uh, I think we're ready to dive into this bad boy. Are you ready, Jeremy? I'm very ready. Let's do it. So we got that Universal logo. Uh, oh yeah. We got that sweet, sweet Universal logo. Uh, it, the film takes place in 1996. This is eight years after Chucky's second demise. Um, and Jeremy, I got to say, uh, you said, in it, I believe at the end of the last episode, that you don't know what happens in Child's Play 3, but you predicted that we will not be back at the PlayPals company. Lo and behold... The very first <laughs> yeah. scene, we're in the damn Playbells uh, uh, factory. You bet we are, and I like that they used the same actor to play like the uh, the the white haired uh, businessman Sullivan. Own- yeah, he owns he owns the place. Yeah, so we get this. Um, we're in kind of like the remains of the of the Playbells factory uh which has now has since recovered from the bad publicity from uh chucky's murder spree uh and they're they're resuming their production of the good guys dolls um so the company has restored the factory uh and chucky's uh uh mutilated body is still there and Basically, in the introduction, we see um, this abandoned good guys factory, and the workers accidentally mix Chucky's blood into a vat of plastic, and we get this, this like kind of like James Bond swirl into this vat of plastic, and we see yes. over the opening credits this like what I thought was really cool kind of like montage of Chucky coming back to life, which is similar to what we, what we saw in, in the second one. How, how did you feel about this? I, um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm of two minds and this is sort of, I'm going to say I wasn't a huge fan of this, of this installment. So I'm going to go ahead and just say that right off the <laughs> <Okay>. bat. <laughs> but the, uh, the beginning is sort of the first clue on kind of why I'm not going to like it as much. And I think it's because I love the sequence of his blood getting mixed with the plastic and that being like how he gets reborn, mm-hmm. right? But that's a lot of plastic. And <laughs> yeah. it, and it, it would lead one to believe that, oh, now there's going to be a million different Chucky. That's what I but, was thinking. But apparently 
this was Don Mancini's original plan for Child's Play 3, was that there would be an army of Chuckies. In fact, there was supposed to be a bunch of different Chuckies killing Sullivan at the beginning of the film. Mm. But they, I think there was like technical limitations and like budgetary reasons why they couldn't do that. And that doesn't end up happening, I guess, until a later... And uh, a later uh, entry into the series, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. But um, yes. yeah, I, 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 I have a problem with the laziness of like now we're on film three, and they still like still no one believes that Chucky is real, and no one can even like no work no no workers or cleanup crew seem to even notice the vast amounts of blood left yeah. behind by this doll. Yeah. I mean, so that to me, my, 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 I, if we're suspending disbelief, I, it was really hard for me to do it right off the get go. Cause I'm like, okay, guys, I get like from the first film to the second film, we don't believe Chucky exists. We think it's, you know, mental illness or whatever. But then from the second film to the third film, it's like, there's so much blood. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's Charles Lee Ray's blood. And we've we've seen this. I mean, this is the same setup as Child's Play 2, right? We're in the factory. Chucky is now being put back together. Um, and they're manufacturing the Good Guys dolls again. And, uh, you know, this, the Playpals company is, like, dealing with the... They're finally over this bad publicity from one of their dolls like murdering people um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's kind of the same the same setup uh so yeah. I, I would agree that it's maybe a little uh lazy i suppose um although stylistically i did enjoy the opening oh same me too um, I, I want that i want that same opening with a with a better way in if that makes sense yes I agree with that. So we get this very serious boardroom, uh, this like ominous boardroom scene, which I thought was like very kind of like out of character for what a toy factory would be doing. But I don't know. I guess, I mean, corporations are mostly evil. So um, yeah. I guess I, I guess I get it. But uh, I thought it, I thought there was like, uh, it, it, it was just funny to me that it was like the tone of this scene was so ominous yet it's just about like toys that they're manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. So uh our CEO, Mr. Sullivan, uh has this epic boardroom speech where he uh I wrote down a few quotes. He says, "What are children after all but consumer trainees?" Ooh. And uh <laughs> Andy Barclay is ancient history. No one remembers him and nobody cares. <laughs> So yeah. this Sullivan guy, I mean, a true product of late stage capitalism, just like a, a like a true monster, like CEO guy um, of the of this uh, toy company. And I think I wrote down in my notes. I don't have it here, but I think I wrote down like I can't wait to see this guy get murdered by Chucky. Oh sure, yeah, he struck me as a real big game hunter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's uh, hangs out with that who is that that fucking like dentist in uh Minnesota a couple of years ago that like oh, goes yeah. to Africa <laughs> and just kills like endangered species yeah. for fun. Yeah, he they hang out with the bad guy from the animated Tarzan film, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh this guy's hanging out uh, at the table with <laughs> Dr. Evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
this guy, he puts on a helmet and he's freaking Darth Vader. Okay, we don't have to yeah. keep going with this. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we see this POV uh, shot that I really liked of Chucky looking at Sullivan from the box. Mm-hmm. Um, Chucky is given to uh, Mr. Sullivan, um, and Mr. Sullivan takes him to his office. Uh, and we're kind of, this is like the, uh, what I assume is like after hours, Mr. Sullivan is pouring some scotch. He is turning on the boob tube and, uh, Chucky, as we can see is, uh, coming to life. And, um, there's a point where Chucky turns off the TV. Uh, Mr. Sullivan slips on marble marbles, not unlike, yeah. uh, in a home alone. <laughs> 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 all the toys start moving around, which I thought was pretty cool. They're like, they all like turn on and, uh, mm-hmm. um, basically, uh, yeah. So, Ch- so Chucky, so Chucky, uh, kills, kills Sullivan. Kills yeah. Him. How, well, what does the he way kill he, him with? That golf club. The way, right? No, he, uh, so I think after Mr. Sullivan, who's gotta be in his mid to late sixties, slips on all those marbles he's hit in the back a few times with some darts oh you're right yes and chucky says and, bullseye and he says bullseye yeah, yeah yeah and then uh and then he strangles him at the end and that's when we get the great line uh which i didn't write down and i definitely wish i did but nothing like some strangulation for my <laughs> Uh, something he says nothing like some strangulation for my to get the blood. Gosh, I, I I can't remember it, but I remember the line being like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Chucky has some interesting dialogue in this one. Uh, but we do get yeah. that classic line uh after he kills Sullivan too, where he says, "Don't fuck with the Chuck," which yes. is pr- uh, as far as this franchise goes. I th- I think it's. It might be the most like notable uh, Chucky line, I think. Yes, uh, I really, I really wish I would have just referenced that line instead of saying <laughs> a line I didn't know. Uh, don't fuck with the Chuck. But the line is nothing like a strangulation to get the circulation. Oh, uh, there we go. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, <laughs> so, so then we get to see Chucky's little fingers typing on a computer, which is I thought was fun. Uh, and he, yeah. I guess he like through Sullivan's computer is like able to figure out where Andy Barclay is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the internet yeah. isn't around at this point, is it? Well, I think that we're getting, this is the beginning of putting the computers and the internet on television where you could, the rule was sort of, you could do anything. It was sort of like how CSI with like DNA you could just do anything, you know. It's like sort of their skate, like their 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 justification for how they can find all kinds of information. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I I, I was ch- I was kind of charmed by it. Just I just like seeing. I'm an idiot when I watch like older stuff and you see like old technology and. Uh, oh, that's it's, great. It's just like yeah. very. I don't know, interesting and fun to me. And it, and it's also always great to have Chucky, who is, let's remind the listener, a little doll. Yes. Uh, doing big boy things. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So we cut to a military academy, uh, and we see the now, uh, I guess, 16-year-old Andy Barclay. Uh, he has been sent to Kent Military Academy, um, and he is talking to Colonel Cochran, uh, the school's commandant, uh, who begrudgingly enrolls Andy but advises, uh, and this is a quote, it's time to forget these fantasies of killer dolls. Um, what did you, uh, do you have any thoughts on this scene? I mean, so <laughs> I, so I don't know. So I guess uh, any thoughts just on like the setting in general, like kind of like where the plot has taken yeah, us where, right now. Where, yeah. Where we are right now, I guess. Uh, so when I saw this happening, I was like, my first thought was, okay, interesting, like interesting choice, right? Because now we're, we're, we're going to be in a military academy. And I assumed at this point the whole rest of the film was going to take place sort of in this academy. And I was correct. It did. Now, one thing that's great about a military academy is that it, it gives you the excuse to write a lot of villains. Right. And that is exactly what Mancini does. He constructs a lot of different villains, like different different people, like even some people you wouldn't think would be villains, like the hair cutting guy. <laughs> yeah, Botnik. Yeah, and and what villains are good for is Chucky bodies, right? Right. Like we immediately once we get into this military academy, I'm like, oh my god, Chucky could kill anybody in here, and it would almost be absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I was excited when I when I kind of figured out where this was going to be set because, um, yeah, I I could I could just picture just from like my past experience with movies in the same setting is like, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of like asshole authority figures in 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 a military academy, uh, so it just sounded like a fun. Yeah, I I, I was happy to be here. Um, I I I was too. I, it was a bit of a stretch for me, and I also. I didn't really understand what the rules were of this military academy, and I don't think I ever quite got it down. Like, it's a co-ed, but co-age. Yeah, like co-ed, co-age. There's two women, and yeah, there's two women. There, they, and there's one. There's like little boys in this place. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we cut to uh, Botnik, the the guy who just loves shaving. Just love shaving these young boys' heads. Yeah, uh, he reminded me of a regular impro- improv scene guy where truly. his only unusual thing is that he likes to cut hair. Right, <laughs> right. This is like an, a great initiation for a, <laughs> for like a first beat or something uh, yeah. of a herald. That's that's fun, right? Listeners like hearing about inside improv. <laughs> they love it. Terminology. They love it. Um, so Botnik is uh, he's just having a great time shaving Tyler's head, and uh, Andy's next. So Andy's getting his sh- head shaved, and the commercials for the Good Guy Dolls comes back on TV. So Andy is now aware that Good Guy Dolls have come back into production. Um, Andy goes to uh, his room and sees uh, a, a kid tied in the closet who turns out to be Harold Whitehurst, uh, mm-hmm. who Andy befriends. Um, I like Whitehurst. I, li- I like this kind of like 90s nerdy glasses-wearing character that seems to be in every movie in, in, in that sort of era. 
Yeah, um, Whitehurst is. Um, so if uh, if Andy Barkley is a surrogate for who the writer wants to be, yeah, Whitehurst is who the writer actually is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a nerd, a nerd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he said, and he says, "Welcome to hell, Barclay," which is a great line. I uh, like that. Yeah. And, and they, then, yeah, and, and again, I, I agree, Eric. I like I like this character, and I like this type of character in other stuff. Agreed. Uh, and Andy meets so next. Andy meets uh, Brett C. Shelton, uh, which is a, <laughs> a, a mean piece of shit lieutenant colonel guy. Um, yeah. Shelton is uh, making she he makes De Silva do push-ups after she acted uh, smart with him, uh, and. Um, I really like De Silva. I, De Silva, in the same way as uh, Kyle in the last, um, in the last movie that we watched, is like another like awesome female character. Um, I wish that she was something a little more than just like a love interest because that's a little dated, but um, and not not overall cool. But uh, I, I I like this character. I think she's great. What did you think of yeah. De Silva? Well, again, yeah, I, I kind of agree. And I, I mean, I am taking into consideration it is 1991, but it sucks that they couldn't just have made her the main character of the film. Like, right. compared to Andy Barclay, I mean, she's just so much more interesting and so much more capable. Like, she can shoot a gun. She can do a one-handed push-up. She's smart as hell, fast as a whip, getting in those jabs those jib jabs right in mr uh, shelton's face i mean i was a big fan right from the get-go and same with kyle like they have really cool female characters in in their in yeah in the, in the chucky films they're never front and center but they do from what but from what we get of them i really like yeah both her and kyle are like fuck authorities kind of characters which i yeah i, I like a lot um yeah and one more note that I wrote for this scene was, I can't wait to see Lieutenant or er, uh, Colonel Shelton get owned by Chucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I think I wrote that for like a couple of these characters. Cause there's, there's no like greater uh, piece of shit than like the, um, than like the authority figure at one of these schools in a movie. Right. Like, Oh, this- absolutely. Yeah. They uh, getting uh, watching bad people get their just desserts is one of the <laughs> one of the one of the greatest things a film can offer a, a young lad. But I I will also say that uh, I like Shelton's character beyond just being a huge piece of shit. Like they end up doing some interesting things with Shelton, and we'll get to sort of what happens with him later. But he uh, he he kind of by the end of this film, he's not quite the villain that I made him out to be in the beginning of the film. Right. Yeah. So uh, Tyler is asked to deliver a package to uh, Andy's room. Uh, he drops it uh, while while walking up the stairs, and he sees that it's a good guy's doll. So uh, he takes it to a cellar and opens it, and, uh, of course, Chucky bursts out. And his first words are, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> and uh and and tyler says i thought you guys only say three sentences and and chucky says i'm new and improved mm-hmm. um i i just realized that i've been doing like chucky impressions on here and god damn it i hope they're like 
uh, fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I've like they, never been good fine. at impressions, so hopefully. No, uh, Eric, you're doing a great job, and don't stop. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, let me just ask you this: How do you feel about at this point? Do you remember thinking like you knew what was going on with Chucky? I. Like, what he wants, what he's doing. <laughs> I, I, I knew, I knew that he was trying to get to Andy. Um, I will say what happens like right away uh, during the scene and, and kind of after it, um, I didn't pick up on right away a- until my rewatch of the movie. I didn't exactly know what was going on. Did you? Well, it's interesting that the premise, like whenever you read on like Wikipedia or IMDb, the premise of this film, it always says that Chucky is going to get revenge on Andy, which kind of makes sense as a motivation for Chucky, yeah. but he's actually not doing that. I know, right? He's he's trying to get back in Andy's body, which if we just saw, if you're coming right out of Child's Play 2, does it make any sense? Charles Lee Ray has already spent too long in the Chucky body, and now he is just in the body. <laughs> that's a good point. I wonder if there's a... Man, that's a really good... Uh, <laughs> you really just tore a deep hole in, in, the, in like all of the logic. I will this. tell you this, though. I bet you it's only with Child's Play 3, because I bet you it's going to change by the next film, because yeah. he can't... Because this has got to be the last time he's trying to put his soul into another person's body. Even if you take Child's Play 2's thing away, like, did, does Chucky... Are we supposed to believe that Chucky just now realizes by meeting Tyler that he can put his soul into a younger person's body than Andy's? Like, he didn't need to travel all the way to the fucking military academy to just find a random kid. <laughs> yeah. Well... He, so here's the, I think that this explains it. So um, I have written down, remembering the rule that he can possess the first person who learns his true nature and that he, oh. and now that he has a new body, Chucky tells Tyler his secret and says they're going to play uh, uh, hide the soul, play hide the soul. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the logic. I, I, that is from, uh, I think, like a Wikipedia thing. Um, yeah. That's not something that I like picked up on right away, I don't think. Um, right. I, I just remember being confused around this part of the film, being yeah. like, wait, why, why is he trying to find Andy again? And then, and then Chucky being caught up with getting his soul back into Tyler's body. I was like, oh. Well, well but he can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think his re- his motivation for like going after Andy is sort of like his motivation in the end of the second one where he just wants to fucking kill Andy. Like he just yeah. he doesn't even care about the possessing his soul kind of thing. He just wants to kill Andy. He's seeing red at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So now that Tyler sees him, he's kind of he kind of sees this opportunity um, to possess Tyler. Um, so he does that. He tries to possess Tyler and of course they're interrupted by Cochran, uh, who mm-hmm. confiscates the doll. Um, and I believe intercut with this is that gun range scene where De Silva like, uh, romantically shows Andy how to shoot a gun, which yeah. I thought was kind of fun. 
I mean, the crux of this whole film is is knowing how to shoot a gun well. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the scenes uh, where, where, where like clouds are coming in and Chucky's... It seems like every time Chucky's in the middle of a possession, the cl- we get this great scene, exterior scene of the building he's in with the clouds coming in over it. Absolutely. Lightning strikes. Uh, Chucky's voodoo spells, of course, always get interrupted. Um, so Cochran is now walking uh, near Andy... Uh, not too far away from Andy with the uh, Chucky doll. And mm-hmm. Andy notices it. And he's, you know, terrified, of course. And um, we get this, uh, I can't remember who says it exactly, but one of the, like, one of the asshole, like, lieutenant guys does, like, the this is my rifle, this is my gun thing. Yeah, it's like is, Shelton's little henchman lackey. yeah. Man, that was that was cringy. Although I don't know like if it was cringy in terms of like you're supposed to feel that way about that character or if it's just like a dated thing, but I was like, man, I haven't heard that since middle school and I was hoping I'd never hear it again. Yeah, I mean it's a full metal jacket thing, right? I think that's oh, the world was intro- I think the world was introduced to that kind of that what would what would you call that chant? <laughs> Um, back with, when Full Metal Jacket came out. And it is sort of them just doing like a, a play on that. So it's like, yeah, this is teenagers co-opting this military fucking uh, <laughs> chant and, and using it as intimidation. I, I, I don't even think it's played for laughs. I think it's played no. to show you exactly who these guys are. Right. I agree with yeah. that. Um, so Cochran throws Chucky into a garbage truck, and Chucky escapes, luring the driver into the compactor, and he crushes oh, him to death. Dude, I, I oh, I hated this scene. I mean, I hated, loved it. Like it's brutal. Yeah, I I really felt for the trash compactor guy. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, it was it was a little like out of nowhere for me. Uh, yeah. It was gross. And yeah, he, um, it sucks, dude. Like the poor guy, he hears a voice in his trash compactor. He's just trying <laughs> to find who is who is it and Chucky just fucking crushes him. It's almost a little bit like in Child's Play 2, the guy who gets the eyeballs shot into his head. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're just totally unrelated to what's going on and they, they <laughs> yeah. just wrong place, wrong time. Just wrong doing place, their job. Yeah, just doing their blue collar <laughs> job. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so that night, uh, Chucky attacks Andy and tells him his plans to take over Tyler's soul. Um, we get like kind of a weird line, I thought, from Chucky when he first uh, gets into Andy's room. He sees a Playboy on the ground and he says, yes. Andy, how you've grown. Yeah. That wasn't a good Chucky voice. I can do it better. That was that was. <laughs> I still liked it. Uh, can you can you do uh, can you do another problematic line from the same scene though in the Chucky voice? <laughs> what was it? The uh, the uh, Chucky's gonna be a bro. Oh, I don't want to say that because <laughs> I read I read a thing. I did. I neglected to put this in my notes because I just had so many uh, yeah. at a certain point. But they they got in trouble for that line because that they is they edited it out yeah. of a couple of different um, 
of the, I guess, like the television release of it. Yeah. And, uh, but it was not edited out for the version that I have. Me I, neither. I will forever have it on Blu-ray. Same. Yeah, but it's and, apparently offensive to uh, uh, African Americans. Uh, it's I guess. it's completely racist. Yeah. Yes, it is completely racist. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I will not be saying that. But the scene in the room, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of similar to that scene where Chucky ties Andy up in Child's Play Two. I thought. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a similar yeah. point in the movie where it happens, and right. uh, Shelton enters instead of Kyle entering. Um, so, uh, but and- does this scene kind of prove to you though that Chucky isn't trying to get revenge on Andy? It does, yeah. But now, like, why, like, why does he tell him the plan and not just? Why isn't he just trying to kill him so hard right now? That's a good point, and I don't. I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not exactly. <laughs> this this whole movie is. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I, I, I honestly, you've said a couple of times, like, good point, and I appreciate that. But these are just questions. I have no point. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, like, I, I want to know the answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think I'm going into these episodes like knowing as much as I possibly can about the movie we're talking about. And <laughs> this one, this this installment, man, it's like I, I mentioned earlier, like you just can fucking tell that that, that it was so rushed. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's obvious. But yeah. it's also like I will say that like what's holding this t- film together though to say like something overtly positive about it is that it's fun as hell. Like it is fun. Just because something isn't supported by, you know, a bible's worth of logic doesn't mean it has to it's not fun as hell. I mean, <laughs> this has the highest body count of any Chucky movie yet yep. and has some of the funnest death scenes of any Chucky film. And this setting you know we're not going to go back to this military academy. I mean, this is like the one yeah. film that takes place in this location. So, right. I, think, I mean, I was on board the whole time, but I just had questions. <laughs> the setting, the setting is what is, is the most charming part of it to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Sheldon takes Chucky from Andy. Andy tries to get Chucky back by sneaking into Sheldon's room, uh, but Sheldon catches him. Uh, yeah. Sheldon notices Chucky is gone, so he assumes the doll was stolen, and it, it forces the cadets to do exercises in the courtyard uh, as punishment, which I guess is just running around in a circle in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Cochran is, like, totally cool with it. He's just like, prove your point, <laughs> you know? Like, he's yeah. just like, uh, I don't know, go for it, I guess. Um, yeah, hurry up almost is kind of what he's saying. So Andy unsuccessfully tries to warn Tyler about Chucky. Um, and Chucky lures Tyler into playing hide-and-seek in Cochran's office. Uh, I kind of like this this whole scene. So basically, um, he tries to possess Tyler again, and then they're interrupted by De Silva and uh, some girl who I had not seen at, up to this point, um, who I think was just another student at this military academy. Um, so they are like looking at Andy Barclay's records. So they find out a little bit more about Andy. Um, they put makeup on Chucky, which I thought was fun. Yeah. And, that was fun. uh, 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 C- 
Cochran, so they leave because Cochran comes in. And <laughs> Chucky says, this means war. And uh, when the others leave, Chucky pulls a knife on Cochran uh, and Cochran has a heart attack. Right. So, I guess this this would count as a as a Chucky kill, I suppose. I would say so. I mean, <laughs> he was going to kill yeah. him anyway, you know. Yeah, and I mean, if you, Eric, you know, if I uh, if I hid in your backseat of your car and you please came, don't came in one night and turned on your car, started driving home, and I jumped out from the backseat and I scared you <laughs> to death, I think I would be yeah, it'd be manslaughter. I think that would be manslaughter. Um, but you should do it. It would be yeah. funny. <laughs> it would be a yeah, funny it, thing it to w- do. It would be funny. <laughs> and, it, and it was funny here. <laughs> so the next morning, Andy tries to convince Tyler again that Chucky is evil, but Tyler is resistant. Uh, and He's love drunk. <laughs> he's love drunk. He really is. Uh, yeah. He's just a, a kid who just loves his little, his little doll. And... Uh, we get this. This is maybe my favorite scene of the whole of the whole movie. Is we're finally back at Sergeant Botnick, the fucking head shaving guy. Oh, and this is great. Yeah. He uh, he's about to shave Chucky's head, <laughs> uh, and Chucky, Chucky. So in in the first uh, Botnick scene, he mentions that the reasons that. Um, uh, like soldiers would get their head shaved is so that uh, their enemies could not grab them by the hair and slit their throats. Yes. So in this scene, uh, Ch- while Botnik is looking away from Chucky, Chucky grabs Botnik's hair and slits his throat, which I got to say, I mean, that, that, that whole scene, that kill and the Sullivan kill uh, kind of make the movie for me. There's a lot of... While this is like a very flawed movie, there's a lot of mm-hmm. satisfying kills. Like they really do a good job of setting up the people who get killed as like assholes who you want to see die. Basically. I I I completely agree. And um, to be honest, that I was very satisfied with that sort of screenwriting flex that Mancini takes in this moment to be like to set up something early on. This is kind of what I was talking about earlier. He sets up the thing with Botnik early on and mm-hmm. then pays it off later with yes. an ironic death. Yes. It's a, it's a callback. Like in comedy writing, a callback is a very common thing. And we've discussed how horror and comedy are very similar. And I think a horror call, callback is, can be just as effective in a, in a different way. Um, yeah. So uh, Sergeant Clark disca- declares, uh, despite Cochran's death, he declares that the school's war games will proceed as usual. Um, Which is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I loved this whole kind of premise of like where we were going here, though, because I, um, I was in Boy Scouts and I, was, uh, I went to camps when I was a kid. And I feel like there was always a thing at the end and like the last day of camp or like towards the end of camp where there was like a capture the flag game or something similar. Right. Um, so I, I, I was kind of, I enjoyed this, uh, this whole situation. Um, this is low key. I think one of the most fascinating elements of child's play three is the potential 
like what they set up in this next sequence is potentially one of the darkest things I've ever seen on screen. I'm not even yeah. kidding. Like I was shocked when we see, well, I mean, you can explain sort of what happens, but um, I don't want to take, take I actually don't away. know what you're talking about, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, okay. So Chucky, Chucky secretly replaces the uh, paintball bullets with uh, live ammunition, which yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they're a bunch yeah. of like kids, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of kids thinking they're gonna go play paintball, and yeah. for just one team, it's just the red team's guns. <laughs> He's replaced yeah. all of the paint bullets with live ammo. Yeah. At least that's the only. Um, that yeah, I think that's the only. It is it, because the blue team at, at during the during a scene we'll see later is firing their paintballs at the other the other team yeah. only to be shot at with real bullets. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Man, and, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's really a sadistic it, it is it is very sadistic. It's very twisted just like Chucky's want <laughs> to do, but yeah. it's also like it is also like one of these moments where I mean, I genuinely felt tension so deep as soon as that scene happened. I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, it was a very effective tension that they, I yeah. think they pull off. I would say, I, I would say that um, while we have kind of um, talked, I think rightfully so, about how uh, negatively about this movie so far, uh, not totally negatively, but overall, I think we kind of had a negative impression up to this point. I, I will mean, say, one of them has to be the weakest. <laughs> right. The third act of this movie, I I like a lot. I lo oh, yeah. I've liked the third act of all of these movies uh, so far. Yeah. So we get this fun uh, night scene where they're all camping, which I like just aesthetically and nostalgically. Um, they're telling ghost stories around the campfire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so does still De Silva like finishes telling this like really fucked up ghost story and Andy walks off and De Silva walks off into the woods after him. But as, <laughs> as they're, as De Silva's walking away before we cut away, we hear like another person start a ghost story <laughs> and she says, I got a story about this mental institution and it's a few miles away from here. <laughs> and then, and then we cut to Andy and De Silva, uh, yeah. which I thought, I, I just thought that was like a funny line and delivery. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty good. De Silva, uh, follows Andy and she catches up to him and she says, you know, I hope it wasn't something I said. And she was like, you know, I want to I want to show you something. And she shows him a circus off in the distance and they make out. Uh, Hell yeah. Chucky watches from a distance like a little sassy little pervert. And he uh, <laughs> says and he says, man, man, I really got to get out of this body. Which I don't know, like <laughs> I I I I'm trying to figure out which meaning to take with that uh, with yeah. that line from Chucky. Uh, I think it's implying, seemed, yeah. It sounded like a very horny line to me. I think it's implying that he knows he should be horny right now, but he can't be because he's in Chucky's body. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, he's watching two teenagers uh, make out. 
I mean, <laughs> all we all we know about Charles Lee Ray is that he's a serial killer and that he's sadistic and twisted. Yeah, so he's a sick this makes, This this the, to me this fits right along with his character profile, baby. <laughs> So the war ba- war games begin. Uh, Chucky accosts Tyler, and Tyler realizes Andy was telling the truth about Chucky. Um, this this kind of scene always happens in these movies where they finally realize that Andy was telling the truth. Um, Tyler stabs Chucky with a pocket knife and flees to Andy. Um, Chucky. Uh, at some point attacks De Silva and holds her hostage, uh, attempting to lure the teams into fighting each other to save her. Um, mm-hmm. Chucky forces Andy to exchange Kristen for Tyler, and uh, suddenly the red team descends upon the area and opens fire with their live rounds, uh, which they thought they were thought were paintballs, and uh, Shelton gets killed with a real bullet. And it's and I believe the shooter who shoots Shelton is his buddy, is like Oh lackey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. I like uh, that. Yeah. I like that whole yeah. scene. It's it's, it's it nuts. is incredibly dark. I mean, it is so dark. Like and it's it's very effective because like you hate Shelton for so much of the film until this happens and you realize He's just a fucking kid, you yeah. know? Like, he's just a kid who's, like, probably a misguided youth, just like Andy, just like Tyler, just like all these people, who is, sure, he's a terror, he's a bully, he should be, like, right, probably, probably put in jail, <laughs> but he's not, like, I don't think he deserves to be shot in the right. heart, and, it's, <laughs> that, and it's at that moment you realize, like, oh, fuck, like, this just got... Yeah. He was just and making not- people like do push-ups and run in circles. Right, in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so Tyler makes a getaway. Uh Chucky tosses a live grenade at the cadets. Um Ugh. this uh, pouring one out f- to Whitehurst cuz man, yeah. he jumps on that grenade, sacrifices himself for the others. I yeah, mean, which is yeah. it's just it's it's a weird sort of uh, end to his character arc because we saw him be such a coward when he comes up against uh, Botnik's body, and he could have e- and he could have probably actually helped out and saved a lot, maybe even Shelton's life by like cluing people into like Botnik has been his throat's been slashed, and there's this doll talking, you know, like yeah. I mean, raise more awareness, but he was kind of a fraidy cat, a little scaredy pie. Oh right, but then when it. Because yeah. Whitehurst, Whitehurst like knew about Chucky before a lot of the people. Um, yeah, he well, he saw that killing. Yeah, like not happen, but he saw the aftermath. Yep, and he didn't say anything. Yeah, and I don't know if I would have either. Yeah, <laughs> but me then, neither. Like, uh, but then, like, he gets a chance to sort of redeem himself by literally falling on his grenade for his fellow man. Yeah, I like Whitehurst, man. Great, yeah. great character. Um. R.I.P. to Whitehurst. Uh, so, pour one down your pants for pouring, Whitehurst. Pouring one down my pants. Uh, Andy <laughs> heads off in pursuit of Chucky with De Silva close behind. Uh, the chase leads the group to a fake haunted house at uh, at the carnival uh, from before. So we get this kind of uh, very visually colorful and fun haunted house scene. Um, yeah. Tyler tries to get a security guard to help him, but Chucky kills him, kills the guard off screen and kidnaps Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Chucky shoots De Silva in the leg, uh, and then he tries to possess Tyler again, but Andy intervenes, shooting him. Um, Chucky loses part of his face, and it's uh, he, he, we see this kind of like machinery inside of his head. Um, yeah, which I thought was interesting because it's not like blood and stuff, which I guess. Well, it was. It, it kind of yeah. was, but it was all. It was kind of like a weird. Oh God. Uh, mixture of both blood and and maybe some robotics. What? What were we, what were we gonna say? <laughs> I'm gonna get. Uh, Courtney's gonna be tweeting at us oh, again. Courtney, about... <laughs> no. She's Courtney, I admit there was blood. Okay. Flag him. No, Courtney, don't let Eric <laughs> get away with that. I want you to harass him on Twitter night and day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Chucky Chucky gets pissed and he tries to strangle Andy. uh, But Andy uses Tyler's knife to cut off Chucky's hand. So we get the hand, the right hand getting cut off, of course. Uh, And then Chucky, he drops Chucky into a giant fan that slices him to pieces. (laughs) Hell Um, yeah. So Andy is taken into custody. Custody. Jesus Christ! I was talking about ice cream. Custardy. Um, yes, uh, someone's a little hungry over here. For that some would sweet. be a funny business. Is like an ice cream, an ice cream shop that's like themed like a police station. Yeah, called, called custardy. custardy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody steal that. I'm gonna sink uh, all of my money into that idea. Uh, and he he he's brought into custody for 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 by police for questioning and. Uh, Kristen is rushed to the hospital, and Tyler. Well, we don't we don't really know what happens to Tyler. Um, but basically, Kristen asks if he's going to be okay. Kristen is De Silva, by the way. Uh, Kristen right. De Silva, and she asks if uh, Andy's going to be okay, and Andy says, "Don't worry, I've been here before." And uh, they drive away. The police car drives yeah. away, and we kind of zoom out of this. Uh, carnival and um yeah that's the end end credits roll we're done right so you uh i think we i think we kind of kind of get the the picture of of how you overall feel about this film but uh why don't you go ahead and just give us a little bit of a kind of an overview of your experience watching this and how you feel yeah i mean i mean you know like like with all these films you know, I there's so much to love in there. There's so much Chucky to love. You know, uh, some things that were working for me were Chucky's way more vocal in this in this film. I like that. Uh, the kills were a lot more. I don't know. Apropos, it's a lot more what you'd expect going into a Child's mm-hmm. Play film. I think it's more. I think I think Child's Play one and two are are actually like they under deliver what you think might be in these films. I, I don't, you know what I mean? There's the body counts are actually aren't that high. They're, mm-hmm. they're shockingly low. Uh, but in this, they're pretty high. Um, I, you know, and I, and I love a good ending. That's like, we're going to go our separate ways. They're both going to think we're crazy, but you know, like that's just, <laughs> that's just how we're going to play it. A lot of like films with magical realism or some sort of weird, like, spooky ghost or monster element have to end this way where like they they kill the they kill the monster but the town still doesn't believe there ever was a monster you know Mm -hmm. and i think that i think all that stuff is really interesting i just think a lot of the logic 
a lot like the inclusion of Tyler didn't really work for me. Um and I think uh at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna have to give this one my lowest Chucky score yet, which is two and a half freckles. Yeah. Out of five. I don't yeah. I don't uh I'm not gonna argue with that. I I think that's I think that's fair. I think um Especially just like on the base, not even as a Chucky movie, but as a movie for sure. Right. Um, I I feel a little bit more sympathetic to this movie um, as someone who has like written things and like has, has been on like a tight deadline. Right. Uh, I understand <laughs> that like... I don't know. Th- this, this movie was not written in the... Um, the type of situation that it deserves to have been written in. I think this, I I don't understand why they needed to rush this movie. I don't, it came out, it didn't even come out like around Halloween time, like the other two or, or November. Um, I don't know why they had to rush into it. Uh, and it kind of annoys me that they did because that's really the only fault of this, of this whole thing. I think like production wise, you know, if it, if it was produced the same way with a better script, it would have been, you know, better, obviously. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that... I think it was just all writing, and it's not Don Mancini's fault. Um, he obviously doesn't feel great about the film, and um, I... I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for, like, the people involved in this in that it was kind of... It seems like it was... Well, it was obviously pretty um, ill-received, uh, considering they waited, you know, seven years to make another Chucky movie. Um, I, I don't know. My my first viewing of this, which we talked about, was like, um, I was kind of like tired, and I had like gone out and and kind of was like drifting in and out of paying attention while I was watching it. And part of it was because of you know, where I was at mentally, but also part of it was just because of the film itself. Um, and I did, I did the first time I watched it, I didn't like this movie, to be honest with you. I didn't, I, I was like a pretty bummed out that this was um, a sequel <laughs> yeah. uh, of, of a Chucky movie. Cause up to this point, they've been home runs. Um, yeah. And I wanted to say also on this episode, I think I was too hard on child's play part two because uh, in retrospect, uh, I think it's a great movie, uh, and I would—I yeah. I forget what I gave it, but I want to uh, clarify: four out of five for Child's Play. Four two. out of five freckles. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I—I uh, I really liked this movie on a second viewing, knowing, understanding, uh, sort of the situation that Mancini was in, and just the. Being someone who has like worked on uh, a little bit on like sets of things of of like video yeah. shoots and stuff, um, it's kind of crazy to me that they put this thing together in in nine months, more or less. Um, I think that uh, most of its faults are writing related, which isn't on Mancini; it's on the studio. Um, I think the setting is really fun. I think if it was written well. Uh, and Don Mancini had more time, I think this movie could have been like a home run because like we were talking about, I mean, those kills, they really make you like beg for 
certain characters to like get the shit kicked out of them by Chucky. And it's really satisfying when it happens. And I just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I just wish there was like a better story surrounding it and a better sort of, um, logic, I guess around the whole thing. Um, so I, I would probably give this like a three, like a three out of five, three out of um, five. I think it's a fun setting. Like I said, uh, and I sympathize with it a little bit, but I mean, it is, this is like the final product of a, of a, of a movie that was made, uh, that is the third movie in this franchise that we're talking about. And I, I mean, it's not great. It's not a movie yeah. that I that I would watch. When I was watching it a second time, I was watching it in a way where, because um, I had already watched it all the way through, I was kind of sitting there uh, on my phone and kind of like looking back and forth at the screen and kind of like imagining I was watching it on like an HBO or something. And I was like, right. if this was on TV, I wouldn't change the channel. You know, oh, like yeah. I, yeah. I kind of I, I kind of liked it in in a way of just like a kind of like a dumbing out like entertainment value kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. So my ranking of the films uh, at this point would probably would, I guess, be uh, one being my favorite and then two and then three. What about you? Uh, uh, same, same. One, two, three. Uh, and I will say that. Knowing what we know about Ch- Child's Play 2, which was basically that the studio that did Child's Play 1 was focusing more on family films, so David Kirshner had to take on the responsibility of basically producing the film himself. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that he would be so irresponsible with the third entry to just yeah. put it out so fast. Because I, I do feel like, since this is still produced by Kirshner, it has to be kind of on him sort of demanding a follow-up was so quickly after child's play two got released because child's play two, you know, it didn't make as much, it, it, it didn't yield the same return that child's play one did, but it's still, it was still very well received. Uh, but child's play three. Yeah. It was just like nine months later. Do we really want another Chucky movie? You know, I don't know. Far too Um, soon. Uh, but before we go, because I know we're about to wrap up, mm-hmm. uh, with with films like these, I do want to uh, launch into a a, a a segment that uh, I'd like to call uh, replotting the film. So, <laughs> Eric, I, I will I will go first to give you a chance to kind of okay. think, and and you don't it doesn't have to be long and that involved. But if if you were going to restructure <laughs> any uh, element of this film. What to make it better? What would you do? And so uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll just kind of throw something out there. I think that if uh, Chucky had got gotten to Kent, which is like the military academy, I think that if he had killed Andy immediately, we're talking like the second act of the film. He like pursues Andy and then ends up killing Andy. I love Alex Vincent and I love the character of Andy, but had he done that and the film shifted focus to making De Silva now the main character who has to figure out what the hell happened and who the fuck is Chucky and like deal with all of this. 
I think that would have immediately made for a better film. Okay. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I love this segment. Uh, <laughs> this is a great movie to do with, do it with. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, um, at this point we've seen, uh, two movies of Chucky failing at possessing, uh, at, at taking over someone else's soul. Um, so I would have liked to have seen at some point Chucky actually take over Tyler Yes. And maybe like a sw- like a swap of like yes. Tyler is Chucky and Chucky is Tyler, and not for the whole movie, but just for like uh, maybe something in the second act uh, or some some type of situation where like, um, yeah, because I mean t- I mean Tyler is friends with Andy and and mm-hmm. Chucky is enemies with Andy, so I think there's like a lot of fun that could have been had with that. Um, that being said, that might be something that comes up in a future movie. I the we'll see. I, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, man, that got me thinking though. I love that segment. <laughs> what did you call that again? Uh, replotting the movie. <laughs> uh, you know, a better, a tentative title. There's a better one. Yeah, it might be in in, in order. Uh, maybe a Chucky pun wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no punch ups. No punch ups on this show. No punch-ups. No, thank you. All right. Well, um, Jeremy, so next week we are going to be watching uh, Bride of Chucky. This is uh, this yeah. is the one that I'm like, I think most excited for, to be honest with you. <laughs> Bride of Honestly, Chucky. Honestly, these, these, these next four are the ones I'm most excited for. Only because yeah. I, I just have a, I have a good feeling in my core that our conversations have been at a at maybe a six or seven thus far <laughs> i have a feeling they're gonna pump up to a nine or maybe even a freaking nine and a half yes uh <laughs> yeah so i think the only one that i haven't seen at this point is i i think i haven't seen uh curse of chucky maybe or cult of chucky maybe i have um yeah. oh wow so you've seen the rest of them i think so except for maybe cult of chucky i'll remember once we watch it um, yeah. We do have a guest coming up on our Seed of Chucky episode. We have uh, Matt J coming up from the uh, uh, the Deep End podcast, and he's also just a very good and funny uh, and insightful dude. Uh, so look forward to that in two weeks. Uh, and then, yes, required viewing for uh, next week. Unless you uh, don't want to watch the movie, then you don't have to. But it's, <laughs> it's required unless you don't want to do it. <laughs> Bride of Chucky uh, from 1998. Very stoked. Jeremy, any final words before I uh, let you go? You know, uh, none at all. You can follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. I'm uh, going to make it a habit to start po- posting more Chucky content. <laughs> um, so if you really just want to bathe in this in this little hot tub we got go- we got cooking up here that is just Chucky content, uh, get in. The water's fine. Get in. The water's fine. I'm wearing a Speedo with Chucky's face on the butt. And... Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Kepilepsy. That's K and then the word epilepsy. Uh, and then follow the show at Chucky Rules 420. Um, and Jeremy, one more thing I'd like to say to you. Sure, pal. What is it? This is the end, friend. <laughs>